Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode of Switchcraft is brought to you by patrons like Otterscotch. Support Switchcraft and my other content for as little as a dollar and get exclusive rewards at patreon.com slash run, jump, stomp. Also by Audible. Get two free books when you sign up at runjumpstomp.com slash audible. Okie dokie! My goal with each podcast is to get it under 20 minutes. That seldom happens. My goal today is to get it under, we'll say, 35 minutes. There is a lot of stuff to cover, and I... I tend to ramble. I'm going to try and rein it in. So here on episode 75, let's jump right in with feedback and waste no more time. Uh, Jay Barrett reviewed the show. They said, I've listened to a lot of Nintendo podcasts over the last few years, and I'm glad I had the opportunity to discover this one. The quality, research, insights, and pacing of this podcast are all perfect. And the runtimes of each episode never feel overwhelming. I really enjoy the music and retro cutscenes that bring me back to my childhood as well. I worked in radio for several years, and I know how hard it can be to run a solo show, but Run Jump Stomp makes it seem easy, and that's what a true testament to his talent. I highly recommend this podcast to any Nintendo fan or anyone who enjoys video games. Keep up the great work. Well, thank you very much, Jay Barrett. I believe he's also a Patreon supporter. Um, so thank you for reviewing the show. Um, I'd say I still have a lot of things that I need to work on, on, uh, my podcast, but I really, uh, every time you guys give me feedback like this, it just really makes me want to record, uh, another episode and make it even better. So, uh, keep it up with the feedback, everybody, and I'll keep recording them. All right. We also have a voicemail from door to door geek. I'm going to play that now. Hey, hey, Bill. This is Door to Door Geek. Uh, I'm very happy to say I'm one of the first people to support you on Patreon. Uh, I'm one of the guys who literally owned the NES when it was new. I owned a Super Nintendo. I owned a Nintendo 64. I owned a Game Boy. I owned a Wii. I owned a DS. I owned a Game Boy Advance. I owned a Wii U. And now I own an, a uh, Nintendo Switch. Um, I love, absolutely love that I can get busy. I can, you know, dive into work. I can spend a week doing family things. And I know I'm never going to miss a split second of anything important as regards of the nin of the Nintendo switch. Thanks to you and your podcast, the, uh, um, switchcraft. I can't encourage people anymore. Support those who support you. Thanks to Bill, I don't have to monitor Twitter feeds. I don't have to go to Reddit uh, threads. I don't have to subscribe to anything else. It's a complete all-in-one solution to keep me up to date and know what to buy and when to buy. Thank you very much, Bill. Keep up the great work. 
Well, huge thanks to Door to Door Geek for calling in. If you want to call in, that's very, very easy to do. All you got to do is pick up the phone, dial 260-RUN-JUMP. That's 260-786-5867, and uh, we'll play that sh- the, the message right here on the show. Um, he's right. He is one of the first Patreon supporters that I had. In fact, I didn't make a patron, a Patreon until he messaged me and told me, Hey, how come you don't have a Patreon for me to support? And I said, well, cause I don't know that I had anything to give people back for supporting. And he goes, just give us a chance to support you and maybe you can come up with something later. So, um, that's what I did. And sure enough, people started supporting. So I really appreciate, uh, door to door geek who, by the way, is also a podcaster. He has like a whole series of show. Just if you Google door to door geek, I'm sure that you will find his stuff. Uh, anyway, I'm glad that you find the podcast useful. Uh, it wouldn't be the same as it is without the listeners, uh, giving me this feedback. And it certainly wouldn't be the same without you egging me on to try out Patreon uh, because it helps me justify the time that I have to put into doing the research and stuff uh, for the podcast. So thank you very much, Door to Door Geek, and uh, sorry it took so long for me to play your um, your voicemail. Uh, let's jump right in to the news. There's a gaming peripheral manufacturer named Amdisi or A-M-D-I-S-I, and they have successfully kickstarted a case for the Switch that will extend the battery life and replace a the dock. So they call this the Pelda Pro case, and I guess it is supposed to give you four and a half extra hours of playtime. It's a 6,000 milliamp hour battery. Uh, and it has its own HDMI port, so you can just plug your Switch directly into the TV without the need for the dock. This is pretty cool. However, well, actually, um, you can currently get it for $45. Uh, when it launches, it's going to be $89. At Oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. The Pelda, which is a more simple version, uh, is $45, and it will retail at launch for $89. Whereas the Pelda Pro, that's the one with the HDMI port, that's going to go for $95 right now, uh, and it's supposed to cost $139 at launch. I mean, it doesn't seem like that's a bad deal. However, the Switch, I feel like the first thing that I noticed when I got the Switch, I opened it up, I actually did a live stream at my Twitch page, twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp, and like I, I did a live unboxing and stuff and then played Zelda Um, But the very first thing that I noticed when I opened up the box and got the Switch out was that, man, that thing is dense. It is very heavy for its size. It's not too heavy. It feels very comfortable to use. The weight is evenly distributed. I wouldn't want it to be any heavier than this, though. That's the thing. If it were heavier, I think that that would cause some serious issues. And when you tack on a 6,000 milliamp hour battery... That's quite a bit, and that's going to add a lot of weight to the switch, especially because then you're also adding all of the extra circuits that are needed to uh, convert the um, USB-C over to HDMI, and I would assume that this can also charge at the same time. So what they are looking at is that you would put this thing on and never take it off. I can see how it might be useful if you're going on a vacation or something where you're, you don't want to take the dock, but for me, I don't see this as something that I would want to pick up. Um, 
I very much prefer my electronics naked. I don't put covers on my stuff. Uh, I don't, I, I pretty much don't do any of that stuff. I've had the, my iPhone uh, 6 Plus for three years now. I've never had a case on it. Um, it's still in good shape. I've had my iPad for uh, quite a long time now. I've never had a case on it. Uh, I just have the smart cover that just kind of covers the glass when I throw it in my backpack. And my Switch, I also I don't put a cover on. I know that I'm probably... Um, a minority here, but I tend to make sure that that I take very, very good care of my electronics. Uh, and so I don't tend to need a case. I'm very careful with them. Now, that's not saying that I've never dropped them because I did drop, actually, my, my phone, I dropped the first day that I had it. And then I took it back to the store and they gave me another one because they were awesome. Um, but I'm rambling. Is this something that you guys are interested in? I personally feel like the battery life on the Switch is more than enough for what I need. I tend not to play for extended periods of time in handheld mode. It's usually just maybe a half hour or so in handheld mode um, here and there. And then when I sit down to play for an extended period of time, I almost always plug it into the dock. Uh, let me know what you guys think about this this case. Whoa, nice graphics. I'd like to get my hands on that game. Hello. We are contacting you about order number blank for Super NES Classic. We recently learned that we may miss our delivery promise and apologize for the inconvenience. You will still receive your order of Super NES Classic. We are working hard to ensure that this item is in as soon as it is in stock. You can track the status of or make any changes to your order under your orders on Amazon.com. Sincerely, customer service, Amazon.com. No, I did not receive this myself. This was sent to a Redditor who then posted it on uh, Reddit. And it makes a lot of people nervous. It makes a lot of people nervous. They A lot of people are worried that they won't get their um, Super NES Classic. Now, if you got a letter like this, I know that it says specifically in there if you want to change anything about your order. I highly recommend that you do not do that. Don't change anything about your order. Don't change the payment that you've done. Don't change the address. Don't try and change the quantity. If you've got an order in, keep it the way it is. Because if you change the order, there's a good chance that they cancel your order and then try and reapply it. And they've run out, so they can't. Um, so be very, very careful with that. If you got this email, I really hope that you still get your SNES Classic. I think it's a shame that Nintendo has dropped the ball on this, but, I mean, Amazon has said you will still receive your order of Super NES Classic. I just wanted to make sure that I told people about this, so if they saw this, they didn't panic. Uh, anyway, uh, let's talk about the Switch. Well, excuse me, princess. Data miners have gotten into the Switch's uh, inter-process communication interfaces, whatever that is, and they have found uh, that the developers seem to have left the door open for future, future VR support on the system. Uh, you can see in the link in the show notes, it says, is VR mode enabled? And it's a Boolean to try and you know, tell uh, the game whether or not VR mode is, is set up. Now, a lot of people will say, well, hold on. I mean, Nintendo had said that they were not closing the door on VR, and then there was even 
I think some patent leaks where they could take their um, the switch and put it into goggles. But I don't think this is something that can happen. Not with the current switch. I mean, the, the current switch has a, a 720p screen, and while that's great for what we're using it for now, uh, when you get a 720p screen that close to your eyes, it's not going to work out very well for anybody. It's going to cause headaches. And it's it's just not a good idea. Now, what do I think that this means? I think this means that at some point in the future, Nintendo is future-proofing this. And at some point in the future, when we get the next version of the Switch, like the Switch Pro or the Switch Lite or the Switch whatever, whatever it is that they, they, they call it, maybe the Nintendo Snap, whatever, um, when we get that version... Maybe it'll have a higher resolution screen and maybe that higher resolution screen, you know, they'll have to also up the hardware inside. But when you take those two things together, the higher resolution screen and increasing the hardware to make it uh, a little more beefier to handle VR stuff. Well, that's very impressive. That would be really, really cool. I'm interested in the possibility, although... The idea that I would have to upgrade my Switch for this would be a little bit irritating, only if they do it too soon. Like, I'm thinking maybe 2019, maybe 2020 before something like this happens. And if they bring it out too soon, the early adopters are going to be upset that they, they're going to feel like they got screwed. Um, and the people who waited are going to skip the, the low-end Switch to get the high-end Switch. And currently, Nintendo doesn't offer an easy way to transfer your data from one Switch to another. Uh, so that's some other hurdle that they will have to jump over uh, because people don't want to lose their save games and stuff like that. So even though you see this VR stuff from hackers in the Switch code, that doesn't mean that the current Switch is going to get VR. I really don't think that the hardware is up to the challenge. Uh, but at some point when the hardware becomes cheaper and it's easier for them to do uh, something like this in a portable platform, then this is the version of VR that I think would be the best because it's just one device and you don't have to have wires going from the whatever it is that you're wearing on your head over to a computer or a PS4 or an Xbox or whatever it is that, that you're talking about. It's all self-contained and self-contained means it's a lot more useful. Um, something else that I'd like to see happen before VR is the ability to watch uh, YouTube and movies and stuff like that. That way, you could essentially be carrying around a 40-foot screen with you. Uh, you. You put the switch in, and then you can see like this 40-foot screen out in front of you. Now, I can't see people walking around and doing VR like... You're sitting on the bus and you're doing VR on the way to work or school or whatever. I think that'd be a little weird, um, but you never know. I mean, it's something that could happen. I certainly wouldn't do it, but it's definitely something that could happen. Would you? Would you guys do that? Let me know. Hey, paisanos, it's the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Nine Parchments is a game that is coming to the Switch, and uh, at Gamescom on day four... We got to see some footage of Nine Parchments. Now, it is a... I don't know if they said if it was online, but they, they definitely had couch co-op, four-player, you are mages, 
and um, you can use different elements like somebody can use ice and somebody can use fire and they fire a beam of whatever element that they're using at the monster that they're fighting. Now, they said that there's friendly fire and they showed off this footage and you can see the footage. I've linked it to uh, the show notes. Um, they, it's really cool looking and, and it looks like a lot of fun. Um, getting four people together that all want to play a game is always kind of an issue for me. Most of the people that I know in real life, in the physical world, they don't care about video games very much at all. Uh, so I don't know that that's something that I would probably pick up because of the friendly fire and the fact that when two mages fire their um, their elemental lasers at and and they cross the streams, it makes a new element. And then they have to kind of work together to aim that. Playing this game online without voice chat would be a disaster. I, I guess there's always Discord, but currently Nintendo's voice chat options are not really that great. Um, so... I think that Nine Parchments is a game that looks fantastic for couch co-op play. Unfortunately, I don't think that I know enough people who play video games uh, that we could really take advantage of it. However, uh, I look forward to hearing what you guys think of this footage because it looks really cool. Why don't you guys email me if you get the chance, watch the video, and let me know if this is the kind of game that you're interested in. It's uh, runjumpstomp at gmail.com. Speaking of voice chat, this is really weird. We found uh, a link on, or I found a link on on uh, NeoGaff, uh, NeoGaffer Pet R Cobra. Um, they had found out through by accident, basically, that the Switch actually has built-in voice chat in Splatoon Two. Now, this is only for use over local multiplayer tournaments basically uh the land lobby and what's what what this is for this is i think for tournaments so let's say that you are having a tournament and you need to be able to communicate with your team maybe you're on stage at we'll say e3 and you've got two sets of teams playing uh splatoon 2 and um You want to be able to hear your team, but you don't want to have to shout and you don't want to hear the other team because that would be distracting and you wouldn't want the other team to hear you. So voice chat is very, very important. And the fewer number of wireless devices that you have, the better. Uh, And so if all of your switches are all hooked together via a router and that is the way that you're playing, then your mo- your microphone will actually broadcast your voice to the rest of your team it's it what this shows us is that the only reason that nintendo doesn't have voice chat built into the switch is because it's nintendo being nintendo it's not some technical capability uh, technical limitation that they can't overcome it's just because they for some reason they see their way of doing it as better because apparently the switch is perfectly capable of having voice chat built right into the game which is really cool i just really wish that it was built in across the whole thing also on day four of gamescom we got to see some footage of xenoblade chronicles 2 
And I got to say, before I saw this footage, I was I was pretty excited, but now I am hyped for this game. Xenoblade Chronicles is going to be a huge game for me uh, at the end of the year and into next year. And it's all thanks to them revamping the combat system. If you've ever played a Xenoblade game before, they basically had a hotbar at the bottom of the screen. And you had different abilities, which in the game they call them arts and you had to tab around that to get to the different abilities. So let's say that um, one of your teammates in the game uh, calls for a certain ability. That might necessitate like five or six button presses before you get that, uh, that thing to happen. And that's always a bad thing. And what they've done is they've taken the combat system and they've kept it true to what, um, what Xenoblade is. We, but they've redone the UI and made everything one or two button presses away. Uh, so I really love the way that the new combat system looks in Xenoblade Chronicles 2, and I'm very excited for the game. Uh, other things that they've changed. Uh, they've now made it so that there is no attacking while moving because they wanted the players to focus on their positioning and they want everything to be a choice. Uh, yes, you can move to um, a different spot in order to set up uh, your position to uh, some abilities will be best from the flank, some abilities will be best from the rear of the enemy. And uh, yes, you can move uh, between between the different uh, areas around the monster, but while you're moving, your auto attacks stop. And you, the only way that you generate your arts is by doing auto attacks. Uh, it, it was a very interesting way that they've um, built the combat system. You do auto attacks to generate your arts. Then you do your arts to generate your elemental arts. Then you use your elemental arts uh, in a big hit on the monster, but then the monster gains a resistance to um, that element. So if you hit them with a huge fire spell, uh, they are now resistant to fire. That forces you to change it up so you can't keep doing the same thing the whole time. Well, What's awesome is while they are resistant to that, there is an orb that's floating around them, a fire orb. And if you break that, then you can start over and do that fire attack again. Uh, and in order to break that, what you have to do is I think you have to topple the monster and then break the monster. And then uh, there was like two other steps before you get to the point where you break open that orb that's going around them. I think it's really cool. It looks very engrossing combat. The fights are not over in seconds. That you know, they take a little bit longer, especially for the big monsters. And I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, healing is no longer uh, abilities that you do. It's when you do certain moves, it will actually pull potions out of the enemy, which will then land on the ground, and either you or your teammates can pick those up to heal your group, which is very cool. Uh, there seemed to be a real focus in the game on switching weapons to take advantage of different cooldowns. So let's say you're using a sword and you've got three major cooldowns on there. Well, when you finish them all off, maybe you want to switch over to an axe and there, those cooldowns will be ready. You use those up and then you switch back to your sword and those cooldowns are ready. So it gives you a lot to do. There's a lot of back and forth and a lot of strategy in the combat. Uh, something else that they added is they didn't like that uh, you could tell if a monster was going to attack you that you've never seen before. So in order to make the game a little more immersive, 
what they ended up doing is uh, getting rid of those indicators. So it's on the player to recognize the monster and know that, oh man, this, I don't know, alligator, uh, this, th- those alligators are real jerks and you got to remember that, or they're going to take you to, to pieces every time you go near one. Whereas these gazelles or whatever, they, they just ignore you unless you attack them. Uh, and it's up to the player to remember that as they play, which is, it's cool. And it's very immersive. Um, the UI is very cluttered, but at the same time, I think it's all very important information. And I, I like the way it's set up. A lot of people were saying that it looked too ugly. I thought it looked like a really cool UI. And if you want to see it, there's a link in the show notes, by the way, of the video that I watched. I think it's about 45 minutes long. Um, your combat role is based on the weapons that you're using. Uh, so if you want to play more of a tank role, you can, or if you want to play more of a DPS role, you can, and it's all up to what gear that you decide to equip, which I think is great. Uh, and whatever abilities that you decide to use, uh, speaking of abilities, you choose your abilities based on how they counter your enemy and information about that is right next to, um, your enemy or on the top right of your screen. So it'll say if it blocks a certain ability that the enemy has, uh, and basically when you are deciding what attacks to do, you'll have like branching trees to go through and you have the tree right up on the top. So it feels like a slow paced button masher, um, where you've got combos that you need to remember, or, or well, you've got combos that you need to execute, but you don't have to have them memorized because the information is right up in the top right. I'm sure that some people will memorize them, and those will be the people who are just absolutely amazing at the game. I'm not going to be one of those people, but if if this sounds cool to you, I highly recommend you check out the Xenoblade Chronicles 2 footage, which is in the show notes. I think it looks fantastic. <laughs> The Verge has scored an interview with Koizumi of Nintendo. He is the guy who's in charge of the Switch as well as the guy in charge of development of Super Mario Odyssey. And with Super Mario Odyssey on its way, they interviewed him. Now, for some reason, The Verge has taken their interview down. However, uh, I've got a web cache of it, and you can click on the link in the show notes to see that. I'm not going to go through the whole thing. It was a pretty lengthy interview, but I will say the one thing that jumped out at me is that this quote right here, uh, he was asked about um, traditionally portable games versus traditionally home console games, kind of like top-down Zeldas versus 3D Zeldas or side-scrolling Metroids versus 3D Metroids, okay? And this is what he said. He said, I wouldn't necessarily consider a top-down Zelda, or a side-scrolling Metroid games that have to be on a handheld. And there are, of course, people who like those kinds of games. And I think for Nintendo Switch, I could definitely imagine those types of games appearing for it. At E3 this year, a new side-scrolling Yoshi title was announced, and I imagine that going forward, these type of games will be able to be played at home or on the go. Uh, And that was Koizumi. Um, I think that's huge. And my guess is that along with the DLC that I think that we will continue to get for Zelda Breath of the Wild, I think that we have a top-down Zelda to look forward to. Hopefully, what I think would be amazing is if they did another Four Swords adventure with online play. Um, They've got to do a better job than they did with the three-player Zelda game that, that came out on the 3DS. Hopefully, 
they can figure it out. Uh, I did like the way that they allowed you to communicate with the other players without using voice with these weird whistles and stuff on this on the bottom screen. I'm sure that they would have things that they would have to figure out for that, but I really think that a top-down Zelda on that 720p screen would be amazing. Maybe a sequel to... Um, Oh gosh, what's the name of it? A Link Between Worlds. I loved A Link Between Worlds. It was one of my favorite Zelda games ever. I had so much fun with it. A lot of people said it was way too easy, and it was very easy, but that didn't take away from the fun of it. So I'm really excited at the idea of a top-down Zelda game or a side-scrolling Metroid game coming to the Switch. I, I'm interested in um, Samus Returns for the 3DS, but it's on the 3DS, and I would really rather play it on the Switch. I'm You guys have heard me talk about this before, so I won't drone on and on. But anyway, I highly recommend you guys read that. Um, I highly recommend. I, sent, I tend to say that a lot. Um, I hope you guys will take a moment and read Koizumi's interview. It's a good interview, and I think that, that he has some very good points uh, that he makes in the interview. There's no time for gameplay today, guys. We're going to jump right to the lightning round. I've got a whole bunch of news stories that I'm going to fire through really fast. Uh, the first one is that Double Dragon 4 is coming to the Switch on September 7th. That was a surprise. Um, when we were talking about this in the Discord, Super Nintendad uh, mentioned in uh, the Discord that the game had some performance issues on the PS4. Uh, so if I were you guys, I would hold off for reviews before you pick it up. Make sure that it's not experiencing those same issues. I actually have the game on my PC. I didn't notice any of those issues, but I am not particularly prone to noticing issues like that. Um, so it's just a 2d side scroller. I can't imagine that it, that, that, that is a, um, a power issue on the PS4. It really seems more along the lines of optimization uh, and hopefully it's not just lazy game design. Uh, we'll find out when it comes to the Switch. So don't don't buy it right away. Wait and see what people say before you pick it up. Um, Nintendo Power or Nintendo had made a Nintendo Power cover for Star Fox 2. There is a link in the show notes, and you can download these special SNES Classic themed uh, Nintendo Power covers. It's very cool. And uh, you can actually receive physical copies if you go to PAX West, or the PAX West panel. Um, I wish I could. I live on the other side of the country, so I can't. Um, but if anybody picks those up, uh, send pictures. I want to see, you know, uh, maybe maybe send tweet it out with uh, Switchcraft on it. Um, Nindy's Showcase also happening at PAX Wednesday, August 30th. That's tomorrow at 10 a.m. I'm looking forward to this. I, I can't wait to find out uh, what new Nintendo games we are going to see at the Nindy's Showcase. The last one unveiled quite a few games, and some people have been informed of what games we're going to see at the Nindy's Showcase, and they have said that we can expect new games that we've not heard heard about yet, so that's exciting. Uh, we've got a release date for Fire Emblem Warriors. That's October 20th. Uh, Mario plus Rabbids reviews are extremely good. Currently it's 85 on Metacritic. I'm excited to play this game. I've got it sitting on my desk. It arrived this morning. I didn't expect it to arrive until tomorrow. I haven't actually loaded it up yet though, because I've been spending all morning on, uh, house projects that we're, we've got going on. 
Um, speaking of PAX West, there's going to be playable Rocket League on the Switch for the first time. So if you're going there, make sure you check it out. Uh, let me know how the frame rate looks on that game. It, it originally was made in DirectX 9, I believe. So I'm hoping that it um, translated okay. Um, oh, I almost forgot Mario Plus Rabbids is getting a patch on day one. My guess is it is probably the weapon packs for the DLC or the pixel packs. Um, that's stuff that they don't have when the game is out for review. Uh, but then when the game actually launches, they they drop that um, that patch to people so they can get the rest of that stuff. Um, last three stories is that Google broke Nintendo's online for a little bit. They had done some weird rerouting and it caused Nintendo's 3DS and Switch servers and Wii U servers to go down in Japan. Uh, Google apologized for it, but if you were having problems, it, it actually wasn't Nintendo's fault for once. Um, speaking of, well, not speaking of, well, speaking of playing games online, ARMS, uh, Arms Co. Butter on uh, Twitter has tweeted out the highest win rates and who is in the lead, which characters are in the lead among highly skilled players. And it is Max Brass is in first with Helix in second and then Bite and Bark is in third. They have the highest win rates for highly skilled players. Well, my goodness, guys, that was a whole bunch of uh, stories really quickly uh, coming at you. If you missed any of them, just head on into the lightning round and click on those links so that you can uh, find out what that's all about. Uh, coming soon, well, Mario Plus Rabbids comes out today. We've got Lego Worlds on the 5th, RBI Baseball on the 5th, and, of course, The Bridge on the 5th, which I haven't really heard much about. Or, no, no, that's on the 7th. I'm sorry. I haven't really heard much about, but I am... Uh, just letting you guys know what games are coming this week. All right, that is all the time that we have for today. If there's a story that I missed, please let me know. Uh, you can do so by emailing me, runjumpstomp at gmail.com. You can call and leave a voicemail, uh, 260-RUN-JUMP. That's 260-786-5867. You can join the Discord and have an awesome conversation with fantastic people at runjumpstomp.com slash discord. And, of course, stop by the live stream sometime, twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. You'll hear this after the fact, but I'm getting ready to stream Mario Plus Rabbids in just a little bit uh, at that uh, Twitch channel. If you're looking for ways to support the show, you can buy Doc Socks from my wife. You can join the Patreon. You can do free stuff like using my Amazon affiliate link or just reviewing the show. Links to all of that stuff is found at runjumpstomp.com support. Special thank you to Noteblock for the use of their music. I am out of here. You guys have a fantastic day. Switchcraft is brought to you by Audible. Audible is the publisher and distributor of the world's largest selection of digital audiobooks and spoken word content. Audible customers can listen anytime and anywhere they like to professionally narrated audiobooks across a wide range of genres, including bestsellers, new releases, sci-fi, romances, classics, and more. Get two free audiobooks to start. After 30 days, if you decide to cancel, you get to keep the books. If you decide to stay on, and you probably will, 
Get one book every month for $14.95. In addition, you also get 30% off the price of additional audiobook purchases. Cancel anytime. Your books are yours to keep, even if you cancel. You can sign up today for your free 30-day trial at runjumpstomp.com slash audible. <laughs> 